This is session 139 of the Church Venture Northwest podcast. We're finishing the 2015 Annual Enrichment Conference, The Glory of Community with Bruce Ware. This is session five, New Service Toward One Another. Well, good evening to all of you. It's great to see this room set up differently for a dinner that is yet to come. The already not yet banquet, right? You are already here, but you are awaiting the food that is is to come. You know, this reminds me a bit. This is a true story. Uh, Several years ago, a young, zealous father who wanted to train his children in the things of the Lord came to me in my office, and he wanted some advice on uh, how how to conduct family devotions and uh, train his children uh, in, in the Lord. He had bought a copy of my book, Big Truths for Young Hearts, and he had already started going through that with his kids, and but he, he was concerned about family devotions in particular. So I said, well, tell me what you're doing now. And he said, well, here's what we do. My wife prepares the dinner, puts it on the table, and because I want my children to learn that spiritual food is more important than physical food, the dinner sits on the table while we have family devotions. You know, I read from the Bible and we pray together, and then after we're done with family devotions, then we eat our dinner. And I looked at him and laughed, and I said, this is a joke, right? And he said, no, I'm serious. And I said, you've got to change this. This is really, this is really the wrong way to go. Your, your kids are going to resent family devotions. So in any case, I hope you don't resent this last session <laughs> as you sit there and await the food that is coming. But uh, it's our pleasure to enter into this last session together on the community of Christ followers as the new people of God, thinking now in session five about our new service toward one another. We've looked at our new identity in Christ, new union with Christ, new allegiance to Christ, new reconciliation with one another that we talked about this morning, and now tonight our new service toward one another. Introduction, while God gives gifted people to the church, to train and equip. I'm thinking here of pastors, teachers, and so on. He gives those gifted people to the church. He provides these so that the membership may be used in the lives of one another to help each other grow to become more and more what Christ has redeemed us to be. Here's a simple truth. We need one another. Do you believe it? It is so very true. We need one another. Each of us has something to give to others and something to receive from others. The church has no givers who have no need to receive or receivers who have no need to give. How should this affect how we think of what happens when we meet together? How should this affect our association of churches? How can we cultivate a culture of giving and receiving in ways that promotes growth in Christ-likeness? So that's what we want to think about together tonight. And first of all, I want to start really with the Bible's teaching on spiritual gifts, which I think is just such an important area for us to, to rehearse regularly in our churches with our people to remind them that they all, if they are believers in Christ, they all have been gifted by the Spirit to use those gifts for the common good, 
uh, for, for the benefit of the body of Christ. I think if we don't kind of bring this before people on a fairly regular basis, we can, we can all forget that that is the case. And we tend to fall then, if we do that, we tend to fall into these categories of, well, I'm a receiver and not a giver. You know, I come to church and my role in being here is to receive what is given to me, and we don't think in terms of, I'm here to give. Or, this is the more common problem for pastors in particular, I'm the giver. Right? I, I'm the gifted one. I'm the one who's here to give to others, to bestow to others what God has given to me. So I'm the giver, but I'm not a receiver. Well, that's a mistake too. So, so we all need to think in terms of both giving and receiving. And to, to see that, we need to understand the nature of the spiritual gifts that God has given to the church. I think 1 Peter 4 is a very helpful place to start when you think of spiritual gifts for the body of Christ. 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11, we read these words. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, verse 10, then, is this general statement. Here is the overarching purpose of spiritual gifts. What are they for? Why are they given to us? They are given to serve one another as stewards of what God has given us, uh, of the manifold grace of God at work in our lives and through us to benefit other people. So employ it in serving one another. That's what spiritual gifts are for. Now, the next verses then distinguish two broad categories of spiritual gifts. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So did you see the two categories of spiritual gifts? Speaking gifts, those are gifts of teaching, of admonition, of preaching, of exhortation, of evangelism. These are speaking gifts that God gives to some by which they proclaim the excellencies of God by the words that they use. And notice his emphasis here is to speak the utterances of God. I take it that's in contrast to what I think. You see the difference? I mean, how, boy, how, how very important it is for those who would speak for God to actually speak God's word rather than just things that we come up with on our own, to be, to be disciplined in our thinking and our speaking by the word of God, disciplined in this so that we think biblically, which means, of course, we have to have minds saturated uh, with, with the Word of God in order to have biblical categories of thinking, actual biblical texts that are known and understood, and, and to be able to, to think about things as, as it were from a fully biblical vantage point that we may speak the Word of God, not our own opinion about things. So whoever speaks is to speak the utterances of God. And here's the second category. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. So again, in both cases, there is uh, an indirect um, correction 
an indirect correction that is taking place. The correction to the people with a speaking gift is, don't present your own opinion, present the utterances of God. The correction to the serving gifts is, when you serve, don't think that the empowerment by which you do this is of yourself. And what difference does that make? To, to be clear on the fact that the empowerment is not of yourself, it is of God. Well, here's where the difference really comes. Who gets the credit for the good that has been done? Well, if it's of me, I want the credit, right? But if it's of God, well, to God alone belongs all thanksgiving, all praise, all honor, all glory, when we know that this is of him, not of ourselves. So in both cases, the utterances of God, and, and with, with empowerment that's given by God, in both cases, he wants to correct a kind of self-serving uh, utilization of those gifts in, in ways that would... Um, would violate the, the purpose for which those gifts are given. They're given so people can hear, for speaking gifts, hear the word of God. So that in serving gifts, people can experience the, the ministry of the spirit of God through those people in, in the work that they do, in the service that they render. So it, it's a little bit confusing, the wording that's used here in this passage, the overarching category of both spiritual gifts, of the, of the speaking gifts and the serving gifts are serving. So there's kind of a capital S serving in verse 10. <coughs> As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another. That's, that's the large category, but then that breaks into two subcategories, speaking gifts, serving gifts. Now, I think that's a very helpful place to begin because all of the gifts that are given in the other passages in the New Testament, in Ephesians 4, in, in Romans 12, and 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, all of those other gifts that are given fit in these two broad categories of speaking gifts and serving gifts. So if you want to know where your gift lies as a believer, then that's the first place to start. What, what is it that I sense in my own heart I find my greatest joy in ministering? Is it speaking? Well, I can tell you for me, that's it. I love the privilege of being able to share things as I've shared with you this weekend. I cannot begin to tell you how grateful I am to the Lord that he has allowed me to do this. And so, oh my goodness, what, what kindness. I, I, I have such joy and delight in teaching and preaching. It, it, is, it is so evident to me this is what God has done. In fact, here, here's a... Here's, here's a way that you can begin to detect what your spirit, you know, the sphere of your spiritual gift is to ask the question, at a time in your life when you are walking with the Lord, when you are seeking his heart, when you are wanting to please him with your life, ask yourself the question, where do I find my greatest joy in ministry? And that's where you'll find your gift, right? I mean, isn't God kind that he set it up that way? rather than the reverse. What do I find to be most miserable? Well, that's what I'm called to do. 
Well, it, it, it doesn't work that way. Isn't God so kind that what, what he does is give us gifts that are themselves in the exercise of those gifts deeply satisfying, deeply fulfilling. And so even though you may, after exercising your gift, you, you may experience a sense of depletion of energy. You know, you're tired, you've expended yourself in this. There is still, nonetheless, this deep joy that there has been in doing that very work. Because this, this is what you are gifted to do. You know, this, this is what God put in you to do, to bring benefit to the church as it satisfies your own soul. Oh, how kind God was to set it up that way. Which, of course, just reflects the, the very heart of God himself. He, he loves to do the work he does. And he builds us in such a way that he wants us to experience the love and the joy and the satisfaction of doing the work he calls us to do. Now, that's not to say that that work doesn't involve challenges and, and difficulties and strains along the way. But boy, that, that doesn't cancel out the fact, if this is your area of gifting, it is where you find your deepest satisfaction. And hence, you will continue in it. You will persevere in it. Just ask yourself this question. What has it been like for you when you have been called on to minister outside of your areas of gifting? What has that been like? Oh my, you can hardly wait till it's over. You know, you just, yeah, you're called to do it and I'll give it, I'll give it my all, but oh, I can't wait for this to be over. I, you know, there's just no deep satisfaction in this. You can do it but you can't do it long term. You can't do it day by day by day by day, waking up in the morning and say, oh boy, I get to. No, instead you wake up and say, oh no, I have to. So that, that, that's a huge difference between working in your area of gifting and working outside of your area of gifting. Working in your gifting is energizing. Is, 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 inner, is, uh, is satisfaction producing. Uh, working outside of your gifting uh, produces a depletion of, of, your, of, of your happiness and fulfillment and, and a, a sense of, of drudgery in what you're doing. Uh, e even though at times we all have to work outside of our area of gifting. And we're called to do that and we should take it up you know, with, with as much a, a positive attitude as possible. But we just cannot sustain that day by day by day. That, that cannot be the regular course of our life's work. Okay, so start, start with that question. When, when I'm walking with the Lord, when things are right between me and God, uh, when, when I desire to please him with my life, what is it, where is it I find my greatest fulfillment in ministry? And that's where you'll see where your gifting lies. It'll be either in the speaking category in some form or other, or in the serving category in one form or other. Okay, now Romans, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, all help us see expressions of more specific gifts that really fit these two broad categories. <clears throat> so in Romans 12, we read this. 
For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Now, by the way, let me just stop right there. He's allotted to each a measure of faith. What that means is God not only gives you the gift that you have, he gives you the measure of the gift that you have. Does that help? How many times have I heard John Piper preach, whom I respect and love dearly? And this you know, nagging thought comes to my mind, I'll never preach like that. But you know what? I'm not called to preach like John Piper. I, I'm, I'm not, none of us is called with the expression of our gifting to exceed in the exercise of our gifting the measure of that gift that God has given to us. And, and to see that, to realize that, just helps us eliminate the comparisons that otherwise can paralyze us. Or, in the case of some, uh, breed pride within us. Oh my, aren't I more gifted than so-and-so and so-and-so out there? I mean, aren't, aren't I able to do this so much better than they can? So we either are prone to pride <coughs> or we are paralyzed with <coughs> a sense of despair because we can't perform the way those other people are. But boy, not only is the gift itself purely by God's sovereign design, which, which gifts are given to each one of us, but also the measure of those gifts. So we, we just need to realize, really, what God calls us to with the use of our gifts is not, has nothing to do with comparison with other people. It has to do with one thing. Are we faithful stewards with what God has given us? That's the question. That's the question we will we will be faced with on the day of judgment. Have you been faithful with what God has given you? The gift that was given, the measure of the gift that was given. Have you been faithful with that? That's the question. I mean, I, I take that particular phrase from 1 Corinthians 